are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today we're going to dive in and recap the entire weekend, this Packers entire draft class, talk about each of these prospects just so you guys really can get the rundown on these guys and what this means for the Packers moving forward. So let's dive right in. We're going to review the first couple I know we've talked really in depth about these first three selections, so I'm going to kind of brief over them before we get into the last five picks that the Packers, or the last six picks that the Packers have had on day three on Saturday and an undrafted free agent who I think, who I'm very fond of and excited about as well. So here we go. Let's jump right in. And so with the first round pick at pick 29, the Packers addressed the one of the most important uh, biggest holes on our roster, and that was the cornerback position. And they drafted Eric Stokes Jr. out of Georgia. Okay, and the most important thing you need to know about Stokes is he's fast. Okay, according to one scout's timer, there was two 40-yard dash attempts. He ran a 4.25 and a 4.29 40-yard dash, which is insanely fast, insane speed at the cornerback position. But he's not just some small guy who ran super fast. He's six feet tall, 194 pounds. Good length, 33-inch arms, great explosiveness as well. He has what it takes to be a good cornerback in the NFL with those types of measurables. But when it came to his on-field production, how good as a coverage player he was in college, he there was those numbers don't match these other ones. Okay, he played decent during college. He was never dominant. He actually did get kind of worse every year in college. I'm not sure why. Um, and that definitely showed up this last season when he played Alabama, where he had his worst uh, coverage grade of the season, which makes sense. He's the best receivers he's going to face, but also he just didn't show any capacity to stay with those guys from Alabama. Okay. He doesn't have great agilities as well, which is concerning, but hopefully that can be hidden in this new Packers zone scheme. And so this was a guy um, I talked about. He he was overdrafted. Um, nobody had this guy drafted in the first round. Nobody had him mocked in the first round, uh, but the Packers did it anyway. So not super high on the pick. I would have definitely went a different direction. We'll get into that later this week. But, um, you know, overall, I give it like a... B minus grade, I think, be, just because they did address a position need. He is very, very fast, very athletic, straight line speed. One of the most important uh, things at the cornerback position. He just didn't have the production yet in college. It's B minus C plus somewhere in there for this pick, and hopefully, hopefully, he can put it all together at the NFL level. That's what I'm hoping with all these guys. But if I'm going to be critical as an analyst, I have to say I, I wouldn't have gone that direction. So. Now let's move on to the second round where the Packers picked Josh Myers center out of Ohio State. And this is a guy I got this is a guy who just he wasn't even on my draft board, okay? He, he's a player I I never even considered drafting, which is pretty frustrating to me. In his 2 years as a starter, he never had a PFF grade over 75, which just that's just not good. You know, you're looking for guys who were successful in college. Um this is a guy though who that PFF grade, okay? Though that could be changed a little bit, his his overall play might have brought, been brought down because this is a guy who went for big blocks all the time. He tried to destroy people, and that ended up to a lot of whiffs on tape. He gave up 27 total pressures of the last two season two seasons, which is a lot for an interior offensive lineman in college. And so, if he can change those things, if if the Packers can reel him in a little bit, um, teach him how and when to make a big block and how and when to hold back and just get the job done. Okay, if he can do those things. Uh, Myers is supposedly a good athlete. 
Um, I didn't, we didn't see any official testing from him. Um, that, uh, if he can be a great athlete, if we can reel him in, there's a, there is potential for him. But right now this seemed like a really bad pick to me. And here's why he wasn't extremely productive in college. He's about to turn 23 year olds, 23 years old as a rookie. Again, he was overdrafted, not by a lot, but he was overdrafted. And there's so many other interior offense linemen I would have drafted instead of him. It's a mistake to overdraft this center in Josh Myers when there are so many better offensive linemen I had on the board. And so because of that, specifically, I'm going to give this pick a D minus because the only reason they picked him was they tried to attack a hole in the roster. That's it. That's the only reason I won't give it an F. But there's so many other better players. I can I think I named five better players who I would have drafted instead of him before um, even, even some of those guys were picked after the Packers' third-round pick. And so just... It's just a big mistake there. Huge overdraft um, by the Packers, and I really didn't like the selection. Moving on to round three, the Packers selected wide receiver Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. Rodgers interests me a lot. He was kind of the man, actually, in the Clemson offense this last season. And this is a guy that Trevor Lawrence wanted to get the football to, and he got the football to a lot. Okay, he's strictly a slot receiver at the NFL level. I really believe that. But he can make guys miss. He had the seventh most forced missed tackles in 2020. He works almost strictly out of slot. He has really good straight line speed. He can be a vertical threat out of the slot as well. He's going to force missed tackles. He's going to create yards after the catch. Um, he's 5'10", 210 pounds. It reminds me a lot of Ty Montgomery coming out, kind of who, had, who was that receiver, but then actually switched him to running back. Um, and that's a, I think that's that's Amari Rogers' floor, okay? Um, but I think his ceiling could be as high as Randall Cobb in our offense, which gets me excited. Um and so I, I see Randall Cobb in him, but I also see Ty Montgomery in him. And I think in the Packers offense, that can work. And I'll get into that later on. And so uh, I'm going to give this uh, actually didn't write this one down. I'm going to give this one a B. There's other guys I would have drafted instead here. That's a big reason why. But I think he does fit our offense really, really well. The NFL thought much higher of him than I did personally. But and so I my, my evaluation could be wrong here. And so I, I'm going to give this a B. I'm going to trust the consensus board. The Packers didn't overdraft for a guy, which is really good. And they got him at the end of the round three. So, uh, but they did have to trade a fourth round pick. So that's why I'd give this a B, B minus. So moving on to day three, the Packers ended up selecting six players. And I want to review those players with you now as they get to know, as even I had to get to know some of these guys who I'd never had really heard of before. And I'll tell you which ones those were. Starting the fourth round, the Packers just had one fourth round pick because they traded one of those fourth round picks to move up seven, seven, seven spots in the third round to draft Amari Rogers. Okay. But with their one fourth round pick, they got Royce Newman into your offense lineman out of Ole Miss. So six foot five, 310 pounds. He played all over the Ole Miss offensive line, primarily at left guard and right tackle though, during his two years where he had a lot of play. Um, he kind of had a similar career to Billy Turner in that way. <laughs> like last season where Billy Turner played left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. Um, kind of the same thing for Newman here. But Newman did primarily play right tackle this last season, but he was pretty bad. Um, he was pretty bad this last season when doing one playing right tackle. He had a 48 overall pass blocking grade on true pass sets. So those, those are plays that don't count things like RPOs, play action and when that happened um he was he was one of he was really bad just really bad okay he's not very athletic he's are going to be 24 years old before the 2021 season even begins and this is a huge reach um for a guy who just can be versatile um versatility doesn't matter if you are no good at any of those positions i hate this pick for the packers 
I hate investing in offensive linemen who just aren't very good players. The Packers have done this now five times, I think five times in the last two drafts, just going up to this pick right now. Uh, this was another overdraft, um, drafting him about 65 picks higher than he was supposed to be go. I, I give this pick an F. I, I don't think this guy will ever play in the NFL. I hope I'm wrong. I am hope I, I, I have to make that clear. I hope I'm wrong about all my evaluations sometimes with a lot of these players because I don't like a lot of them. But um, right now it doesn't seem like he's going to be very good in the NFL. So now moving on to the fifth round, the Packers grabbed two players. The first was TJ Slayton, defensive tackle, primarily nose tackle out of Florida. He's going to be a true nose tackle because he's six foot four, 330 pounds. He had an interesting career to say the least. In 2018, he had his best season, but he only played 213 snaps. But And as he started to play more in 2019 and 2020, his play just continued to get worse until he finished with just a 68.8 overall grade in 2020. Okay, which is, that's 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 kind of average. That's kind of average, but it, when you're looking at players from college to the NFL, you want to find guys who are the best in college. And hopefully you're projecting that that can continue, uh, that they can play well in the NFL. But if they play just average in college, nothing about him really says, hey, he's going to be better in the NFL. And so, so that does concern me. The one nice thing about Slayton is that he is fairly athletic and specifically very explosive, which is very important for the interior defensive lineman position because it's really that first that first second that really, really matters. And so when you take into account his massive weight of 330 pounds, he was actually, on my metrics, he was the fifth most athletic interior defensive lineman to enter the draft, which makes you think there is some potential there with that athleticism. And so... It looks like on a limited role in your defense as a true nose tackle, if you can get that explosiveness for a couple drives a game, that might actually be useful for the Packers, okay? I'll give this pick a C again because the Packers really did overdraft this guy by about 100 picks. Um, They could have got this guy later. Um, I do like his athleticism. I do like that we have a true nose tackle on the roster. Even Kenny Clark is a little undersized to play a nose. Not a ton. He's like 310 pounds, but... That 330-pound guy, that 320-plus guy, the Packers really didn't have on their roster. And so getting a guy like him on the team, it's a it's a it's a hole you want to have. You want it's a player you want to have on the roster, and the Packers will have that option moving forward and be able to move Kenny Clark into more favorable positions. Also in the fifth round, the Packers drafted Shamar John Charles, cornerback out of Appalachian, Appalachian State. This is a guy I actually had never heard of before. This is one of those guys I never heard of, and I once I did some research on him over the last day, I was actually impressed by this guy once I got to know him. He's 5'11", 190 pounds, started the last two seasons, and was pretty impressive. Over that time, he was one of the most productive corners with 27 forced incompletions, which led all college cornerbacks during that span. Okay, Although the numbers sound really good, there was a lot of those pass breakups that came on just kind of bad throws by QBs he was facing. He's not a great athlete, but he is a very smooth player with good instincts and coverage. Okay. His overall grade did improve as well, a good amount from 2019 to 2020, which is always a good sign of an ascending player who's figuring it out. And he finished with a 84.3 coverage grade in 2020, and he actually did his best work from zone, um, which is good for the Packers in their new scheme. Okay, he does project as a slot corner because of that lack of athleticism. He's he's five eleven, not super tall, but just didn't have the athleticism to win on the outside. I don't think, and so um, I think. He could he could come in, play fight for some snaps from the slot from Chan Sullivan, which is a good thing. He was definitely overdrafted, 
So that's always a bummer again. Okay. Overdrafted by about 50 to 100 picks. So this is a guy the Packers should have been able to draft 100 picks later. We don't know because they drafted him here. But according to the overall consensus board, this is another overdraft by the Packers. And because of that, I'm going to give this pick a B. With the Packers' first sixth round pick, now moving into the sixth round, the Packers drafted Cole Van Lannan, offense tackle out of Wisconsin. Van Lannan, Wisconsin native. Very cool story for the Packers to select him. Always has been a huge Packers fan his whole life. Played at the same high school as a buddy of mine. Van Lannan had an interesting career at Wisconsin. He started at left tackle for three seasons in a row, which is really good. I like finding tackles in college and moving converting them into the interior. We've seen that happen for the Packers a lot. And I like that he had his best season actually in his first season where he played at an elite level, 90.8 overall grade, but then it actually went downhill from there in 2019, 72.6 overall grade, but then actually increased a little bit this last season in 2020, 81.6 overall grade. It's weird to see that happen to go from, you know, really good to just above average to good. Um, sorry, I should say elite to just above average to good. Um, and he's always been effective as a run blocker, you know, coming out of Wisconsin. That's what we see a lot from those guys, but his pass blocking was a little bit all over the place. Not very consistent. There's some technique changes that need to occur here, but it sounds like if we switch him to an interior offense line, it could hide some of that inability in pass protection, especially as it sounds like he doesn't have that ideal arm length to win at tackle at the NFL level. But he is fairly athletic. He might have what it takes to develop into a starting interior offensive lineman in the in the NFL. And I do like this pick. He wasn't overdrafted. He was drafted where he was supposed to go. He's a developmental interior offensive lineman. With that, there was other guys I would have drafted instead of him. But I'm going to give this pick a B because I think he is still a solid player. He wasn't overdrafted. Good value here in the sixth round. With the other sixth round pick, the Packers drafted linebacker Isaiah McDuffie out of Boston College. So McDuffie seems just like the Packers adding another special teamer here to the mix, okay? Because um, even though he's an ideal sized linebacker, six foot one, 227 pounds, his overall grading over the last three seasons has not been good. It's been actually getting worse as well, kind of like Van Lannan or a lot of these guys. 65.6 overall grade in 2018 all the way to a 39.6 overall grade in 2020, which is really, really bad. That's undraftable grades right there. Um, the one plus is at Boston College, they asked him to do a lot of different things. Okay, he played corner. He played a little safety. He played on a little on the defensive line. He played a little at linebacker, which is he was all over the place. Okay, um, and he never got to fully settle into that linebacker role until his senior year. Um, and that, that, possible coverage ability um that versatility might be what the packers were interested in him about he's fairly athletic um maybe settling him in, him into a role in our defense might help him a lot but he's probably not a guy i would have even considered drafting okay i would get this pick i'm gonna give it a i like yeah he's athletic yeah he's a little versatile but i'm, I'm gonna give this pick an f i just wouldn't have drafted this guy i think this is a guy you could have got as an undrafted free agent if you really wanted him okay and then finally, in the seventh round, the Packers were able to draft Kylan Hill, running back out of Mississippi State. The Packers definitely did not overdraft a player here. He was the 141st ranked prospect, and the Packers got him over 100 picks later in the draft, which is really, really good value. 5'11", 214 pounds. 2018, he averaged 6.3 yards per uh, carry. Um, 2019, 5.6 yards per carry, which is super good. 
He was targeted out of the backfield consistently during college as well. And he only played in three games, actually, this last season in 2020. Uh, But he was targeted 27 times in just those three games, averaging nine targets per game, 78 yards of receiving on average in those games. That's really good. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. Some great explosiveness on tape as well. A real ability to break tackles. Okay, he's a really strong lower half. On 453 career carries, he forced 116 broken tackles. So about 25% of the time, he's forcing broken tackles, which is really good. Um, drafted in the seventh though, because at the moment he still has some bad instincts, some bad technique as a runner, but if that can be fixed, he does have some solid potential. I'd give this pick an A okay for value this late in the draft adding some good depth to our running back room. I like this a lot for the Packers. Okay. Um, the Packers also added some undrafted rookies. They always do. Um, but there's one I feel like is worth mentioning. And that's Christian Upoff, safety out of Illinois State. He's a pretty standard safety, six feet tall, 195 pounds. Is not very athletic. That's why he went undrafted. Pretty slow 40-yard dash time. But there are some things to be excited about. In one season, okay, he only played one real season of college football as a starter in 2019. 81.2 overall grade. Okay, that's impressive because even though he's fairly athletic, he was very impressive as a safety on that defense. Very fluid movement skills. Very versatile player playing all over the alignment successfully on that defense at corner at safety in the box, all those places. And he was even named the top safety for the national team at the senior bowl of every guy there. Um, even, uh, with a year off of football, he didn't play at all in 2020 and then went to the super senior bowl and was that good. He's a really good player, some serious instincts, understanding the position at Illinois state though, even though he wasn't super athletic, he actually was their primary kick returner as well, which says a lot more about his actual on the field speed, um, than a lot of guys. Okay. I think if, if Uphoff would have came back to school this last season, he would have gotten even better. He would have showed that and he, we would have seen continued improvement on his play, which probably would have got him drafted. Um, with his versatility and instincts, this guy is going to make the team for the Packers and could even be our third string safety for this defense. This was an A move, I think, for the Packers as well. So you got to know all the prospects now, um, but how much did the Packers actually get better from this draft? Okay. Later in the week, we will talk about what I would have done in this draft, but how much better is this team than it was last week? As I look at all these draft picks, there are some that could have an impact in year one. Eric Stokes, super fast. And if the Packers um, can put him in a position to maximize his speed as a boundary corner in our defense, that could lead to a serious upgrade for the Packers, okay? From Jair Alexander in our defense, playing opposite him, um, that could this could be big for the Packers. Last year, Kevin King had a coverage grade of 45.6, which is just awful. Even if Stokes, he doesn't have to be amazing, but if he can come out and be average next season as a starter, that could at least lead to some serious improvement in our defense. Okay. Even Shamar John Charles could come in and compete for the slot cornerback position if he can build on those instincts we saw in college to possibly replace Chan Sullivan, who was below average in coverage last season and a below average player overall. Next, Amari Rodgers in our offense. The Packers tried to have Tyler Irvin, who was healthy, uh, who was never healthy, and Tavon Austin to be that jet sweep motion slot receiver yak guy, but those guys couldn't stay healthy, and they just weren't that dynamic. I think Amari could come in from day one for the Packers and impact that part of our offense right away. With that addition to our passing attack, the Packers could realistically still have a top five offense in the NFL next season if our offensive line can stay healthy. Amari could actually be the third most I think he might even be the third most targeted player on our offense behind Abonte Adams and probably MVS next season. 
just because when Rodgers will need to get the ball out quickly, um, it'll probably go to Amari in our offense. The Packers added good depth pieces as well with Kylan Hill at running back, Slayton to play some nose tackle, Cole Van Landen at, at interior offensive line, Christian Uphoff at safety, all guys I'm hopeful for in their future. So the Packers, they did improve in some ways, okay? They added some depth at those positions. Um, we could improve our secondary and coverage if those two rookies come in and can be average to above average uh, in our defense, uh, which is exciting to think about. Even Amari Rodgers, you know, adding that security to our offense, adding that one key player who was a big part of the Matt LaFleur offense, we just we haven't been able to fill consistently. If all those things can happen, yeah, our team is going to be a, probably it's, – it's, it has improved. Let's let's say that it has improved, um, but overall, I think the Packers overdrafted a lot of positions. I think they missed out on a lot of really good players in the draft and didn't make the amount of quality additions I would have liked to see. Right now, as much as other teams within the division have improved, I still see the Packers winning the division. Okay, but when it comes to beating out other big teams in the NFC like the Bucks. Right now, the Packers don't look like they have that same number one offensive line that we saw from a year ago with the loss of Rick Wagner at right tackle, who was a top 15 offensive tackle last season, and the loss of Corey Lindsley, the number one center in the NFL last season. I think our offensive line is going to stay, take a step back in 2021, and that's going to hurt our offense big time. Okay, I think Rodgers is going to get pressured a lot more, and even if MVS continues to I think. You know, MVS is going to continue to prove. I think Alan Lazard being fully healthy is going to really help our offense. I think Amari Rodgers is going to really help our offense as well. Um, but with a, a less than ideal offensive line, without the depth at offensive tackle specifically, um, with David Bakhtiari coming back from his ACL injury, which I don't, you know, year, usually year one um, from that ACL recovery, it's not. He's not his, his perfect self yet. It usually takes a while to get back to that full, full, like, himself again, okay? Um, which, not saying he won't, but year one, it's it's not ideal to, it's, you shouldn't expect that, okay? And so because of all those things, I see our defense, you know, it's I think it's going to get better just because of scheme. I think we kept almost everybody that we needed to, and there's a chance we improved our secondary here with Stokes and Shamar, but... Still, I think there's a lot of better moves the Packers could have made. I think there's a lot of moves that could have really put this team as honestly really well, a lot closer to the Bucks. But right now, I see the Bucks became a better team uh, over this offseason just by staying together entirely. Um, they didn't have the you know the most impactful draft in the world, but they added a serious weapon at receiver, um, and which is something to be excited about for them. And they have the same exact team. Okay, and they are they have depth. They have serious depth all over that team that the depth that the Packers really don't have. And I think because of that, because of our lack of offensive line, I think it's gonna make it hard to score against top defenses who are gonna get pressure on Rodgers, and that's when Rodgers struggles the most. And it's gonna be hard to stay in games when we're behind when our offensive line can't keep Rodgers, you know, safe. Can't keep him from getting pressure all over him because when he's pressured too much, too fast, we can't run our play action, uh, which really sets up our offense. And if that's happening, our offense takes a huge dip in production. Okay. And so right now, yeah, I don't, the Packers are going to be another, I think they're still going to be a really good team in the NFC. I don't, uh, but I'm worried they're going to look, they're not going to be the best right now 
because of the moves we did not make in this draft. And we're going to dive into that later this week. But that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review, so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.